Hello, and welcome to the All Things Hadoop podcast. I'm your host, Joe Stein, founder and principal consultant of Big Data Open Source Security, LLC. This is episode 14, a talk with Alan Gates. And now, on to the show. I'd like to welcome back to the podcast, Alan Gates. Alan is one of the co-founders of Hortonworks, designer of H-Catalog, an original member of the team that took Pig out of Yahoo Labs, and author of the Apache Pig book. Welcome, Alan. Thank you. Glad to be here. So, Alan, what is the Stinger initiative? So, Stinger is our initiative, and let me describe who R is here in a minute, but it's our initiative to uh, take Hive and make it what you um, what people want their SQL on Hadoop solution to be. So, you know, today, as designed, Hive is pretty much used for large batch jobs on Hadoop, and that's great. It does a good job at that, and... Um, we want to keep that intact. We think that's very valuable. But at the same time, people want to do more with SQL and Hadoop today than just batch. They want to be able to do interactive query where an analyst is sitting in a terminal typing in a query, getting a response very quickly, refining that query and working on it again. And you can't really do that with Hive today because it's just too slow. I mean, you end up, you type a query and then you go get a cup of coffee or something. And that needs to change. So a big drive here is performance, and that's where we came out and said, you know, we believe we can make Hive 100x faster. And then the other side is Hive doesn't support all the, the features that people want, and basically all the SQL features. People want to be able to do analytics uh, functions. They want to be able to do... Uh, date calculations, all these kinds of things that today Hive doesn't, or sorry, in the past Hive didn't offer. It offers some of those today. Um, and so we want to take Hive and push it forward to um, to have those features so that people can connect it to their BI stack. They can give it to SQL power users who will be happy with what they get um, instead of looking at it as as sort of a very rudimentary tool. So that's our that's the goal in Stinger, and it, it's a push by the whole community, the whole Hive community, to do this. And um, we, we codenamed it Stinger. I mean, honestly, partly because it you know it sounds cool, but also because it's it is more than just Hive. It it covers work that's going on in HDFS. It covers work that's going on in uh, MapReduce with the new Yarn. I'm sorry, not MapReduce in Hadoop with the new Yarn. A framework, and so it's very cross projects, which is another reason to you know give it a name of a whole initiative. Great. Uh, so you mentioned our. So who's contributing to this uh, to this initiative? Who's working on it right now? Well, this is one of those places where open source is just a great thing. You you go out and um, we as a company, we as Hortonworks, said, hey, we'd really like to drive high forward. We believe it's the right path. And a lot of other people came in and said, we agree, we want to be part of that, we want to help. So there's work, a lot of the work in Hive 11 was driven by some people from SAP who contributed um, all the windowing and analytics functions that were added in Hive 011 um, that's critical to making Hive uh, support all those SQL features that people want. Uh, Facebook has been collaborating with us on some of the new storage work we're doing, the ORC file or ORC file. Um, Microsoft has been collaborating very extensively with us on a lot of the redesign work we're doing to make Hive run much faster 
internally as well as working with us also on the storage format stuff. They're, they actually have you know, people, database engineers from inside their company collaborating with us in open source I mean, contributing patches and everything um, on a very regular basis. So it, it's pretty broad across a lot of uh, companies driving it and a lot of members of the Hive community. Very cool. So why did you choose to improve upon Hive instead of building out a new system? Yeah, that's a good question and one we, you know, it's it's a very natural question and I I think any engineer there, you know, the first time they see something new their their desire is let's go build a new tool to take this on and that's um I get why that's a natural response and but I here's the thing, Hive is out there, it's used and it works at scale. Um, what we don't want to see, what we're afraid of seeing, is people are coming to the market now with new SQL tools that do really well on smaller data sets, you know, in the gigabytes range, maybe low terabytes range, and they're good for that interactive query. So they can give you an answer in five seconds or whatever to your query, but they break at some point up there. You know, you get to 10 terabytes or something, they're just not going to work because they need to load everything in memory or or whatever the reason is that they have a limitation. And, of course, they're going to be working on those tools and trying to make them bigger and bigger, but Hive already manages scale, and scale is hard, right? So we felt that it was much better to take a tool that's in everybody's toolkit already, they already know how to work with, they're already comfortable with it, and that already scales well and make it fast. That that, you know, making something that works fast is easier than something building something, taking something small and making it big. That's a much harder problem. To build in scale as you know, afterwards is a difficult thing to do. So we really felt like the, um, the best course was to make Hive fast. The other thing is we do have a vision that users only need one SQL tool. What we don't want to see is the, oh, let's see, I need to do my query fast, so I'm going to go to this specialized tool that does interactive queries but this other query over here, I need to do, you know, might take me an hour to run, so I should go use Hive because it's good at scale and batch. That's a pretty fragmented um, toolkit in our view, and it, it's just going to be hard because no matter how hard you try to keep those things in sync, the tools are not going to support the same set of SQL. They're not going to support exactly the same data types. There's just going to be impedance mismatch there, and that's going to cause frustration for your users. And so we strongly believe in building one tool that can do both batch and interactive and let the optimizer underneath make the right choices. Is this a query that I think is going to run for an hour, so I should use batch type um, operators for it? Or is this a query I think is going to run in five seconds, so I should run it in an interactive way? And we, we just feel like that's a much more coherent and um, user-centric vision of where SQL and Hadoop should go. Awesome. So why is SQL compatibility so important? Um, SQL is the English of the data world, right? If you travel around the world, you can get by in English almost anywhere. And it's the same way with, with SQL, right? It is the language that everybody knows. There's, you know, a whole workforce of analysts out there that that's what they use. And it's a whole, there's a whole set of tools, BI tools, um, databases, analytics packages, all kinds of things that speak SQL. 
And so it just makes sense to make sure that Hadoop can speak SQL. Now, I think the danger there is some people sell um, SQL on Hadoop as the next great data warehouse. And I think we have to, you know, Hadoop is so much more than that. Hadoop is not just SQL. One of the wonderful things about big data is the power that it brings for users to bring different processing models. Um, there's you know, real-time streaming type models from, through things like Storm. There's graph processing models through things like Giraffe. There's ETL models you know, through PIG. There's all kinds of different things you can do on top of the system. So I, I think we have to be really careful as we talk about this. And I always try to say, you know, what, when people ask me why we're focusing on SQL and stuff, I always try to say, you know, we're not focusing only on SQL. There's other things going on. And our vision is to take these tools like Tez and, and Stinger and open, up that, open them up to, to other tools like PIG, like Cascading, um, and make sure everybody can share the benefits we're working on. But SQL is still really important. SQL is how most of the rest of the world is going to communicate with Hadoop, even if you're building other applications on top of your Hadoop data. Cool. So what is TES and how does it apply to, uh, to the Stinger initiative and other systems as well? Okay, so to answer that, I'm going to back up a little bit and talk about uh, Hadoop 1 versus Hadoop 2. So in Hadoop 1, users had one option for how to execute their uh, data processing, and that was MapReduce. And even if you used a tool like Pig or Hive or whatever, underneath that's what it was doing. It was taking whatever you gave it and uh, translating that into a set of MapReduce jobs and executing it. And that was okay because that's what you could do, and Hadoop enabled you to do it at such scale and stuff that you were willing to put up with some of the impedance mismatch there. And don't get me wrong, MapReduce is a great paradigm for a whole set of problems. But when you go to build a relational system or something that's going to string together a set of relational operators like Pig does, like Hive does, like Cascading does, MapReduce is not what you would design to work underneath that if you were starting out from a clean slate, right? So along comes Hadoop 2, and one of the hugest changes in Hadoop 2 versus Hadoop 1 is YARN, which um, if I remember correctly stands for yet another resource negotiator. But the the idea behind YARN is to separate out resource management from execution. And so in YARN, um, there is a scheduler in the system that's still run by the system, but the execution actually now moves from kernel space, if you will, from the system into user space, where you as a user can write what's called an application manager or an AM that controls how your job is actually executed. So in the Hadoop 2 world, under YARN, MapReduce is just yet another application manager. Well, this was the opportunity those of us in PIG and Hive communities have been looking for because now we can write an application manager tailored to what we want. And that's what Tez is. So Tez is an application to run on YARN that builds the underlying execution for a parallel data processing engine for something that's going to run relational operators like uh, join and group by and sort and all those things that that these systems do most of the time. So um, that, saying that, I think one of the big advantages Tez has is it is being evolved from MapReduce, which had a lot of strengths in the way it did recoverability and all those kinds of things. So we're trying to take all those lessons we've learned in building MapReduce and bake them into Tez. 
so that it can, um, you know, going forward, it still scales and handles faults and all that very well. But it's a huge opportunity to open up um, our systems to an underlying execution layer that can handle the fact that some things have multiple inputs, right? In MapReduce, everything has one input. Well, joins don't fit real well in that model because they have two or more inputs by definition. So you end up writing this kind of funny code that shoehorns joins into MapReduce. With Tez, joins can be supported natively as something in the execution layer. And it's similar in a number of ways. It also frees you up in how you move data. MapReduce moves data by writing it to disk. In between MapReduce jobs, you have to persist it to HDFS because that's what your option is. All those things are great for large batch jobs, and you don't want to give that up, actually. But you also want to, for quick interactive jobs, you want to be able to move data in memory or via socket um, so that you can stream things very quickly. So the, the goal behind Tez is to enable both of those, where the optimizer of the application, which in this case would be Hive or Pig or whatever, can make the choice. Oh, should I use socket-based streaming because I know this is going to be really fast, or should I use HDFS-based communication because this job's going to run for an hour, and if it blows up at the 59th minute, I don't want to lose everything. Right. Right, totally. So the Stinger project has three phases. Uh, can you talk to us a little bit about what those phases are and where, uh, where in the initiative you're at? Sure. Uh, so, yeah, when we set out to do this, we looked at this and said, wow, this is... You know, this isn't something we're going to build overnight. And we really wanted to get things into people's hands as quickly as we could. We didn't want to say, okay, we're going to build this great thing, and in two years, you know, you'll have it. We, we really wanted to give incremental uh, progress, and we wanted to give people a chance to try and give us feedback, too. We, that agile model where you get things out as fast as you can is, is really a great one. So we're, we broke it into a series of phases. The first phase focused on a couple things. One was, or three things actually. The, um, the first was just changing Hive to make better, better MapReduce plans. There were a lot of places where Hive was creating too many MapReduce jobs when it, would, um, when it would plan a query, it would produce three MapReduce jobs, maybe where two would do just as efficiently or something. So we did a lot of work in the optimizer to make it much more efficient in the way it planned things. Um, we also added in the windowing and analytics functions that I talked about uh, earlier. So those, that's basically the over clause plus functions that you know people have gotten used to over the last, since about 2003, things like lead, lag, um, row number, rank, all those that are very useful in certain types of queries. And then finally, the first implementation of optimized RC file, or ORC, which is a new storage format that um, both stores data much more compactly and that can read data from disk much more quickly. Um, the first implementation of ORC came out in, in the first phase. So the first phase of Stinger was released in Hive 011. That came out in Apache in May, and it was released as part of HDP, the Hortonworks data platform, in June um, as part of HDP 1.3. So that works out there. That is all still based on Hadoop 1, right? Because that's still kind of the production quality GA uh, Hadoop that's out there today. The next phase of Stinger, phase two, is what. Uh, the community is working on right now. That's where, you know, engineers here at Hortonworks and in many other places are spending their days and some of their nights on. 
um, getting out. And that the focus, the biggest focus of phase two is making Hive work on Yarn. So Hive 11 will work in Hadoop 2, but it doesn't take any advantage of it. So phase two is where Tez really comes into play, where we start um, taking advantage of all these new features that, that are available in Hadoop 2. Also in the second phase, um, we're working on really driving down the, the startup times, a big problem that Hadoop has well, I mean, it's not a problem originally because this is the way it was designed, but it was built as a batch system and if where jobs were going to take an hour or something like that. And so if it took 15 to 30 seconds to start your job, who cared? That was noise. But now when we're trying to hit interactive queries, I mean, if, if what we're saying is we want to be able to return a query in two to five seconds and it takes us 15 seconds to get started, we've, you know, we've already lost pretty badly. So... Um, there's a lot of work going on to drive those startup times down into the milliseconds instead of into the, in the seconds range. And also we're rewriting a lot of the internal optimizers in Hive to take advantage of modern uh, chip architectures. So for a long time, databases have operated on one record at a time. And that's been the traditional way you built database uh, internals. But a few years ago, uh, some brilliant guys from the MonetDB project in uh, the Netherlands figured out that if you actually process records a block at a time and you rewrite your code to have very few branches or loops in the inner loop, or sorry, branches or function calls in the inner loop, then you get much, much more efficient processing and much faster, uh, you know, rec- many more records per second can move through your system. And so we have been taking advantage of that and again, cooperating with Microsoft and some other players in the community to get that work done uh, inside Hive. So that's stage two. That's all being worked on right now. Uh, we are, you know, we're working hard to have that available to people in at least a you know try and see format. Probably not a done format by any means, but a try and see format here in a few months. And then the third phase is um, we know that. Hive needs to do buffer caching. It needs to, or not just Hive, really, Hadoop as a whole, needs to have a notion of what data should it be holding in memory versus what it should be on disk, right? Hadoop was built around the notion of you scan everything off disk every time. And again, that's a great fit for batches, but some jobs and some data sets you need to be holding in memory in the cache. If you're trying to do frequent joins, you may be wanting to hold your dimension tables in cache. So that we're working on buffer caching strat or we're looking at what buffer caching strategies should be. And finally, Hive's getting uh, complex enough that it needs a true cost-based optimizer now. Traditionally, Hive was simple enough that a rule-based optimizer where you just said if you see this pattern always implement it this or you know always implement it this way worked out just fine. An example of that would be You know, you can always implement a, it always makes sense to execute a filter before a join statement if you can. If you have a query that has a join statement with a where clause after it and you're going to execute that, it almost always makes sense when it's possible to push that where clause execution in front of the join. But now Hive's getting complex enough that there's options in how it executes things that you don't know what the right answer is, right? You need something to make estimates about what how should I do this? What's the right way to, what's the right plan? What's the optimal plan to execute that? So um, 
that will be another area we'll be investing in here in the near future is building an optimizer that can handle those kind of questions and produce the optimal plan for Hive. And those things, the buffer cache and the optimizer are in what I would call a research stage. We don't have people writing code on those as part of their day job yet, but we definitely have people poking around, seeing what the options are, reading the literature, looking at what other people are doing in the space, and formulating what, what the right plan is going to be there. So what does this mean for PIG and other tools in the Hadoop ecosystem? I think this will be great for PIG and for other tools. So our vision is very much not to build this just in Hive. Right? I mean, if, if you look at tools like PIG, on the, dip, on the surface, the API they're exposing to users is fairly different and, and for good reasons. Right? It's, I think it's actually great that we have these different tools that expose different APIs um, that are more appropriate for particular use cases. But underneath, there's really only so many things you do to data, right? You can sort it, you can join it, you can group it, uh, you can filter it, project it. You're pretty much done there, right? So having separate implementations for this is is kind of wasted effort. And as we pour this work into um, Hive and Tez to optimize how you can execute these operators in the back end, we, um, our vision is very much to make sure that's shareable across the stack with different tools. And as an example of that, we already have, um, there were some people at Twitter this summer who worked on getting Pig to work on Tez and came up with a prototype of it. That work is definitely not done, but it's at least a working prototype and a, you know shows that it can be done. And we're working now to assemble a team that will carry that work forward and make it really happen. So we... Um, we believe this will benefit much more than just Hive in the ecosystem. Awesome. Well, thank you for your time today, Alan. Yeah, no problem. Glad to do it.